And welcome back to the Integrated Interventions Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Dundas. I'm the Director of Education, and joining me today is Clinical Director Joshua Westby to my left, and across the table from me is Terry Edelman, who is the founder and owner of Integrated Interventions. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, thank you. It's just cool. Yeah, so we're going to jump into a theme of spiral dynamics, uh, which is one of the foundational parts of our program. So let's just start, I guess we'll go ahead and start here. Uh, Joshua, can you tell us what spiral dynamics is and how is it utilized within the program? Yeah, so spiral dynamics um, is an idea that came uh, about from Don Beck that talks about um, how we progress through life and how we understand um, the needs in a particular time in our life and how we use those needs to progress forward. So spiral dynamics, uh, unlike a stair-step model that says like you're this today and then tomorrow you're something else and you just graduate until you die, um, says that we move in and out of these areas of development and these areas of functioning um, as we mature and grow and, and adapt to new surroundings. Um, so it's how we measure progress and success here at Integrated, um, understanding that as we move forward, forward as a person, there are parts of us that develop differently than others um, and that we're never really done evolving as a person at all. There are a system of colors that we utilize. Um, can you break that down and tell us um, what each of those means? And it starts with beige. What is beige all about? Starting with beige, we're talking about meeting our most basic needs, right? So we're talking about food, shelter, comfort, uh, heat. We're talking about sex, both like the actual act of sex, but sexual intimacy, being able to be around other people and engage. Um, and when those needs aren't being met, uh, then we're going to you, you fall into what we think of as like our fight or flight responses, right? When a baby needs fed, it cries so that other people know that it needs nourishment. Um, and when somebody is in a situation of life or death and they feel like their safety and security is at risk, they're going to punch somebody in the face, jump out a window, run down the street, stop moving at all and, and cease functioning. Um, so that's our most basic level or beige. Um, we think of it really as that like fight or flight response, right? Once we move past beige, we're going to move into purple. Purples are magical thinking. This is where we're going to believe things um, to be true because we want them to be true, but also because it's a defense mechanism that helps us to rationalize the world around us. So we're going to believe that we are the best person for a job that there ever was and build ourselves up on this foundation because that's what's going to help us get through the job interview. Is it true? Not necessarily, right? There's always somebody better at everything or something, um, but it's how we rationalize the world around us. Um, once we move past uh, purple, we move into red. Red is impulse and power and control. Um, it's an illogical power and control. So it's not like we're putting the steps together that says that if I yell at you um, enough, you're going to give me what I want, right? That's too logical, too many pieces in place. But at red, we're going to see, um, especially in our program, students are going to stand up and start making decisions for themselves. So Instead of sitting on the couch and believing that my brother's aunt's uncle's cousin is going to get me a job at a car dealership, um, even though I've never talked to that person before, um, red and power and control is going to be fine. I will go get a job if you just leave me alone. And then the student goes off to do that task. Um, it may not be very effective, but we're seeing engagement there. Once we move past red, uh, we move into blue. And blue is going to be more success driven. We're going to start putting the pieces together so that we can logically understand that if I want things out of life, I have to put things into life. Um, blue is where we're going to start to understand consequence, both good and bad, in a way that helps us to decide what we want to do past the moment. So blue is, um, I really want to be successful at work. In order to be a successful at look, I need to look successful. In order to look successful, I need to iron my clothes. 
right? So I'm going to start by ironing my clothes today so that I look good for tomorrow. Um, when we talk about blue, it's where we see engagement with students um, as they start to think about what the rest of their life is going to look like. Um, and they're going to start understanding how the program implements into their life in order to find that success that they're looking for. Then once we move past blue, we get into orange. Orange is kind of the top of where we see students um, succeed. When we talk about an entire lifetime of development, um, orange is going to be somewhere in that mid-20s to moving into 30s and beyond. It's where we want success because it brings us the things that we want, right? It's an intrinsic experience. It's really egocentric. It's about me and what I want. But I'm putting those pieces together to say that I want to look good in my neighborhood, right? Um, so to keep up with the Joneses, I need that new Mercedes. In order to get the new Mercedes, I got to work really hard at work. So I iron the shirt so I can look good at work, so I can get the promotion, so I can have the Mercedes because I want nice things, but also because I want everybody else around me to see how good I'm doing and how awesome I am as a person, right? And that motivates um, further growth. And then eventually we start to shed that piece um, and Spiral Dynamics goes on. But really uh, with our students, we stop there at that orange level. Well, I'd like to shift over to Terry with talking about the origin story of integrated interventions. Um, and also, how did you come to the point of like deciding, you know, Spiral Dynamics is going to be the center point of what we do here? Yeah, that really, I was trial and error. So I, I'm a, a little bit of a Ken Wilber guru. I like integral psychology. Uh, and I like how Ken uh, took things that already existed. So it's not, it's not a theory of things. It's those things already exist. They might be theories themselves, right? Some treatment theory or some evolution theory or some belief system theory. But um, he just took things that already existed and mapped those um, and put those into a system of lines and levels, right? But it, if you're not kind of an integral psychology guru and you don't want to sit around and study that stuff, it's very difficult to track. It's impossible to explain to students and parents and use it as a tool um, to gauge progress in treatment. And so in, a, in an effort to try to have something that was um, trackable, something that you could show progress uh, and not become a another phase or level program, there's plenty of those, right? And, they're, and they're, they're good at what they do. We were just trying to have something where you could have custom fit treatment, fit the individual, find a way to track that custom fit um, information and progress and regression on some sort of a, a scale uh, that didn't apply to the other the other people around them, right? In the same way. So what, what I did was I, I took spiral dynamics and I put it on a whiteboard and I took the world centric view and how that was originated to be able to map, um, cultures on the planet. And then I moved that over to cultures of my students and what's that look like for, for individual humans. And so it, it really aligned well with the, the beige level, the purple level of magical thinking, the power struggles and the behaviors that go in with the red level, the conformity to being able to follow schedules for work and education and how that progress in itself leads to uh, the internalization of the reward system so that you start to do it for that external reward and eventually the internal reward as you move into orange. And it just matched up. So I created the program model 
and the way to track that information uh, adopted that from Spiral Dynamics, and Spiral Dynamics was based off of um, integral psychology. So that that's kind of the evolution of how that came about. How do you distill that and break that down for for a student? Because initially, you know, you're talking about all these ranges of colors and all these theories that are associated with it. Um, what is the most simple way to break that down so people understand it? So it's a pretty simple one-hour lesson for students and for parents. Uh, and, and we can do it on the phone. We can do it in person with parents, which usually on the phone. Uh, they, they can watch things like this. We have videos out that can describe it. But once you start to use the common language for what we're doing for spiral dynamics in a way to track this behavior and the outcome, uh, it, it, it's it, it's super fast. People grasp onto it really quickly. And, and in a manner so that, like, when I'm talking to a parent and I say, you know, most of our students come to us in a magical and um, power level, right? They come to us in purple and red or two and three. Uh, the parents are like, oh, that makes total sense to me. Like, I haven't even given them a definition yet, and they already know that their student is magical and power struggling. Like, they already know that the kid believes stuff that, you know, they think money grows on trees. They're always going to have a gold card in their pocket. You know, they have no idea where the food came from that gets put on their plate every day. They just know it appears. They don't know how their laundry is getting done. They, they don't want to do anything, right? And they don't, and they believe they don't ever need to. So, and then if you start to make them do it, then you have these power struggles of they'll raise the bar and make it uncomfortable for you, so you'll do it for them anyway. The parents already know this information, so it's an easy it's an easy piece for them to grasp onto. But what what I do is we'll start with an explanation, just like Josh did, of what beige looks like, what purple looks like for a student, what red looks like for our students what blue and orange will look like for students. And we'll do that on a spiral graph on, on the whiteboard or on a piece of paper. And then you can draw a hole on, which is a circle, and you, you can put anything in that circle, right? So a hole on is just a whole anything. It's a whole entity. It could be a car. It could be a frog. It could be ecology. It could be some other, some other country. But what you're doing then is you're taking that and you're breaking that down into individual lines with levels on the lines. Each one of those lines is a line of development. Um, it's a, and it could be a skill set. It could be a growth line. It could have to do with your height. It could have to do with your hygiene. It could have to do with a skill set like mathematics or driving. And what we're trying to do is break that down so that we can use those first initial lines with a student based on what they're seeing the problem is. So, so we have some that are standard, like hygiene and social interaction and participation in therapy and work ethic. But we also ask the student, like, what do you think your challenges are? And the student says, well, I just don't, like, I don't really get along with people very well. Okay, so then that's a social interaction line. So we can put that line and you can ask the student, based on the information I just gave you about the levels in spiral dynamics, where do you think that you function? And the student will have an accurate information most of the time. When, once you've given them the lesson and the information, they'll be able to tell you, well, I primarily function in purple where I, I feel like my online friends are real. You know, they are my friends. They do like what I do, and I, and I talk to them online. Um, but I also function in, in red a little bit in that people that I try to interact with in person, I argue with and I fight with because I don't really know how to do that well. Uh, 
And so that's how we start to do that with a student. We give an explanation and then we show a graph and we have them think about how they, where that fits for them and where they're performing on those lines, levels and lines. Uh, And it, it works every time. And then of course you get the student that's like, that doesn't really apply to me. Uh, I, I don't fit in any box. I don't fit on any graph. And one of the interesting things about spiral dynamics is that it's not a box. It's not rungs on a ladder. It's not uh, the doors opening on a specific floor with an elevator. You might function quite highly in your interpersonal relationships or, or highly in your driving skills, but that doesn't mean that you're going to function highly in your health and nutrition or in your interpersonal relationships with family members. And so helping parents and students understand you're not going to be high functioning on anything ever at all times. And that, that's a, that's the first step to people understanding spiral dynamics is you're going to, you're going to ebb and flow depending on the scenario of what's going on at the moment. And, and your, your ability to function on a line, once you've mastered that, we remove that line out of the equation. So if you're taking care of your personal hygiene, you're taking care of your laundry, and that's good, then we drop that line and we replace it with a line where there's a deficit. We don't talk about that line anymore. It's, it's gone. It's out of the equation. And in doing so, we're demonstrating through spiral dynamics that your world is ever You will always have challenges. The problem with a phase in a level program is it teaches that if you do these four things, you make level two and you get a gold star, you're done. You don't have to do it anymore. And that doesn't apply to real life whatsoever. The, the problem is you step it into real life and, and just because you get a job doesn't, doesn't mean you need another job. doesn't mean that you can afford to pay all your bills. And just because you get a phone doesn't mean that you're not going to have phone bills, right? Or you get a car, yeah, you, now you have the freedom to go places. Now you also have insurance and you also have a fuel bill. Um, you have upkeep on a motor vehicle that costs more money. So we need to teach students that just because you uh, are functioning well on this particular line doesn't mean there's not going to be more issues for you. It's forever changing. So that's, that's why we have it set up that way. But quick, quick one-hour lesson, and students grab onto it quite, quite easily. So over to you in a more therapy-related uh, question, Joshua. How does spiral dynamics and therapy go together, or how are you able to map therapy in terms of spiral dynamics? It's a good question. Um, it's a really nuanced question, and it's been fun over the last couple of years to figure out how to um, marry the traditional therapeutic process to the program that is so clearly working. And what we have found is that we can measure success in the therapeutic realm, right? And that's true to like the one hour a week of closed door therapy that we think of as therapy, as well as every single therapeutic interaction that a student has within their week in the program to which there are, you know, an exponentially growing number of them. Um, we can map both of those things using the same basic tenets of spiral dynamics, right? When we talk about a therapy goal, uh, which can be to build a a positive relationship in the community, right? That is married um, to spiral dynamics the same way as any other goal. So if I go out and I think that making friends is by forcing them to hang out with me, cool. So I'm using power and control, right? If I'm utilizing, um, 
dishonesty and trying to convince people that I'm something that I'm not, that we're magically thinking. And as we progress through the therapeutic process towards those goals, we see the same development in students utilizing spiral dynamics as, as they do anywhere else. Um, so it works hand in hand very well. Um, and then the awesome thing is just like what Terry was saying with a whole on, the same thing works in therapy. If our goal is to make a friend and we made a friend and we're consistent in that and it's going well, awesome. We can drop that therapy goal. We can add another one and we can measure it the same way. Being that you know, spiral dynamics, you know, ebbs and flows, what happens if you come across a goal that you had thought was achieved and then there's some regression? Can that be re-entered to the whole on or how does that work? Yeah, totally. So you just put it back on the, put it back on the whole on as a line and you help a student recognize how they regressed what that looks like. They may be in denial. They might be back in magical thinking of, no, this is fine. It doesn't matter. I'm perfectly capable. Um, but, but with some interaction, we can help them recognize where they're actually functioning on that developmental line. So absolutely, we can reintroduce things if there's regression. If there's not regression, then we don't need to reintroduce anything. Then you continue to expand, which is the, which is really the unique part of this is that it's not, there is no end to this program. It's not you do these 10 things and you graduate. It's that we're elevating people to the highest level of functioning that we can in a time that we have to do that. And then people can decide, do I want to spend more time doing that? How high do I want to set the bar? Do I want a student to just graduate high school? Do I want a student to graduate high school and try on a semester of college as well as work part-time? Do I want to add driving a car and dating? Or do I want my student to graduate with a bachelor's or a master's degree and have them involved with integrated the entire time? We've had all of those things happen. Yeah, and it's true to the therapeutic process too, uh, right? We call that maintenance in the therapy world. So you may uh, come to a therapist because you have depression, you work through that, you feel good, and then six months, eight months, 10 months down the road, something triggers it, you're feeling it again, and you come back, right? It doesn't mean that you failed, doesn't mean that you weren't successful, it means that it's just back on the whole on, we're talking about it, we're focusing on it until we start to find that consistency and it feels good again, and then it goes away. Yeah, I think it's really important that people understand as, a, as functioning adults, you could be a, a business owner, you could be a pillar of your community, and somebody puts your family in danger. Uh, somebody th threatens the, the health and wellness of your family. You will slide right back down that spiral dynamic to an, to an area of protection of your family. Whether that looks like some sort of physical altercation, uh, whether that looks like dragging somebody out of your home because they came in your home uninvited, whether that looks like um, driving aggressively to avoid an accident, uh, people will you ever you you go up and down that spiral dynamics daily. Everybody does. It doesn't mean that you've regressed and now you're a lower functioning individual. It means that you recognize that you need this level to manage this particular thing, and then you'll go back to functioning at your highest level possible. So we need students to understand that too. The idea with treatment has been misrepresented. It's the idea that you're going to get better and you don't need any of these things anymore. And that's just simply not true. For the rest of your life, you're going to need a support system of some degree. As a, as a functional adult, I have an advisory board of people that I run ideas past because I magically think that every one of my ideas is a brilliant idea. My wife reminds me they're not all the time. And my advisory board reminds me when I'm telling them about my great idea that it makes zero sense to them whatsoever. And so... 
You have to have these checks and balances in place for the rest of your life. You will have relationship problems. For the rest of your life, you will have car issues. For the rest of your life, you'll have financial challenges and health issues. Those aren't going to go away because you fixed, you completed a, a treatment program. So integrated interventions help people recognize that these challenges are lifelong, but we also give them the tools to self-assess through spiral dynamics and then, and then meet themselves where they have a deficit and know how to put the tools in place to elevate their performance. That, that's what we teach here. So then when people leave, they don't need a, another treatment program ever. I've heard on a number of occasions that in order to have progress, that the student needs to be in a specific type of program, maybe receiving a specific type of therapy. So DBT, CBT, whatever that may be. But what we lose sight of is that there are opportunities to be able to practice and find ways to address these challenges in, in everyday situations. How does spiral dynamics play into that? Because you can't always just isolate in a group and be like, I'm going to work on this specific thing, but then you never have the real life opportunity to practice it. And what Integrated provides is that opportunity um, in real time and daily life to be able to practice those things. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, it's, it's interesting when we think about a therapeutic program, we tend to think of the therapist doing all of the work right? Uh, which isn't real, right? Uh, in our own lives, our therapist doesn't go with us uh, to job interviews to help us to stay calm in the moment. Our therapist doesn't go home with us to help us have a, an altercation with our 15-year-old son on why they have to get good grades in order to get into college or whatever that thing is, right? Um, therapy is an hour a week, typically, or two, where we get to really get into the meat and potatoes of what is and isn't working on our life and what we want to do to move past that. A therapeutic program provides a thousand opportunities to put that into practice. So let's say that um, we have a student that is practicing um, mindfulness and their relationships with others, right? Um, trying to put people first before themselves. And in the therapeutic process, we're talking the, the hour a week about how to make that really work for the student so that they can have some success there. And then within the program, uh, in the therapeutic piece of all of the interactions that our mentors have, a mentor can have an, an interaction with this, that same student. And when the student starts to put themselves first and they're drifting away from that goal, the mentor can very kindly say, hey, what are we practicing? Mindfulness. What does that look like? How can we apply that to this conversation? How can we move past this utilizing the skill that you're working on right now? And it can be as forward as that, where we're actually talking about the, the work um, or as subtle as, Hey, you're kind of being a jerk right now. Is that working towards our goal of um, finding sustainability in our relationships with others? Right. Uh, and that therapeutic process is happening a thousand times a day with our mentors, with our therapists, with our tutors, our education team, with the, the gas station attendant down the road when you steal a candy bar. All of these pieces are coming together so that we can help meaningfully tie in together the work that we're doing, the understanding of measurement through spiral dynamics, and being able to show like, is this working us towards that goal of a happy, healthy, independent, sustainable life? Yeah, I think uh, another thing to remember is we're, we train multi-level thinkers. So what I mean by a multiple-level thinker is that you, you, when you're presenting with a problem, uh, that we're looking at that from all lines and levels of development. And so the, the issue that the student has, whatever behavior that is, whatever challenge that is, the way that we're helping the student manage that will be completely different than the way that we're helping the parent manage that same information. 
And that's really important to understand is that most of the time from a parent's perspective, the, their, their idea of a therapist is that person is going to help my uh, son or daughter through all of these issues, right? Or the psychiatrist is like the, you know, that, that one seals the deal. We have a psychiatrist, psychiatrist involved. They oversee everything and that fixes it. And the fact of the matter is, is that the most meaningful therapeutic interaction that any program ever has anywhere is the interpersonal relationship between a person that works with your student day in and day out, hour to hour. That's the meaningful, that's meaningful progress. The therapist helps us with common language and what our goals are, coping skills, um, uh, triggers. They help identify these things so that as the student goes back into real life outside of the therapeutic setting um, or the therapy setting, then they can apply those skills. And then the people that they're working with are giving the therapist the feedback as to whether that's working or not. Like, you know, it's, it's not working. We need a different coping skill or that's obviously not the trigger. It's the same thing with medication. So as a multiple level, multiple level thinker, you recognize that on this level, there's a medication being prescribed to help the student with these issues. And on this interpersonal relationship level that the psychiatrist is not involved in at all, we're able to recognize that what it's done is it's made the student sluggish. They can't keep up with the conversation. Um, they have they have a hangover in the morning because of their night meds, and they can't participate until 10 or 11. And trying to do that before then causes power struggle issues, right? Or they're not stable enough to be able to compre- comprehend. They can't stay focused, right? But we would there's no way the psychiatrist would ever know that if he didn't know what was being what was happening on the ground floor where you're actually doing the the, the work. So. Another reason spiral dynamics is so important is to be able to measure on those multiple lines and levels the, the, the multiple hats that people wear and how that happens to affect the students day in and day out progress. And then to be able to adjust your presentation from talking to a student and how they need to hear the information to talking to a parent and how they need to hear the information. It's two different, it's two different levels of development. So Terry, when you first came into um, utilizing spiral dynamics within the context of integrated interventions, um, has it lived up to the expectations that you had originally, or have you kind of also, like the ebb and flow of spiral dynamics, had to make adjustments to any expectations that you may have had prior? I think I think the ex- the the I think the overall expectation is exceeded. Uh, where where I was hoping this would go. Uh, our goal was to be able to meet people where they're functioning and elevate them from there. Uh, and that's why we have a custom fit treatment program. We don't have a single students on the same track. We don't have any families that are on the same track. And so the interesting thing that's happened, uh, and I, I had, a, uh, I had a, a person that was touring one time, and, and she asked me, she said, Terry, it sounds to me like what you're doing will change the face of treatment nationwide. You're talking about in, not just the, the overused term of individual. You're talking about custom fit meeting 
each person in treatment where they are on their developmental lines, on their needs, and then elevating them from there with a custom fit treatment plan, which is sounds very difficult to do in a lot of settings, right? And she said, but it sounds to me like you're talking about changing the face of what treatment looks like across the nation. And, and my statement at the time was, absolutely, if we can teach anybody anywhere to do what we do and the success rate that we've had, we're not, we're not trying to hide anything. We're not trying to keep secrets. This isn't some kind of a secret treatment program that has success rate. I would hope that everybody uses the same tools that we use at the success rate that we've had. Oh, that's perfectly great. The whole point of this is to help more people. And in that way, I think that it's, it's gone way past what I thought was going to happen. We've got people all over the industry asking us questions about how are you having the success rate with a student who's been to all these placements and has never been able to do this? Or how are you dealing with this particular family that's very difficult to deal with, right? Students always do what we expect. The family thing is always a challenge, right? And so, so I think that's, it's far exceeded my expectations and it just continues to do so. Well, today we've had the opportunity to talk about spiral dynamics in a lot of different ways and really kind of breaking it down. We've had the opportunity in the past, Terry, for you to break down spiral dynamics, but um, having your perspective, Joshua, has also been great, bringing in the clinical component to what we do here. So I'd like to take the time just to say thank you again for joining us. I always look forward to these opportunities to be able to talk to you both because we're able to talk about a, a topic that we have gone over a lot, but then we're also looking at it in new ways, I feel like as well. So thank you to bo both of you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. All right. And as always, make sure to check us out um, from the social media perspective as well. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all those areas, like, subscribe, all the things. And my name is Patrick Dundas. I'm the host of the Integrated Interventions podcast and look forward to seeing you next time.